From the epistle from St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 15, verses 4 through 13. Brethren, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise thee among the Gentiles, and sing to thy name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And further, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse shall come, he who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Reading from the Holy Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 11, verses 2 through 10. At that time, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you he who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is he who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to behold? A reed shaken by the wind? Why then did you go out? To see a man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, those who wear soft raiment are in king's houses. Why then did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who shall prepare thy way before thee. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. May we celebrate the second Sunday of Advent. The sanctuary lamp burns in memory of Joe and Bernice Cascio. Uh, masses for the Feast of the Immaculate Conception will be on Monday, uh, Monday, December the 7th at 5.30 p.m. And on Tuesday at 6 a.m., 12 noon, and 5.30 p.m. Latin Mass. Uh, my installation as pastor here at St. Agnes has been rescheduled for next Saturday, December the 12th, at the 4 p.m. vigil, celebrated by Bishop Duca. Food donations are being collected for Christmas baskets for families in need. Your non-perishable food items can be placed in the barrel in the vestibule of the church. We ask you to assist the missionaries of charity in their service to the poor by participating also in the Advent Giving Tree located also in the church vestibule. The Knights of Columbus will be selling Christmas poinsettia plants after all the masses this weekend and next weekend. 
And lastly, due to COVID restrictions on crowd size and distancing, we'll be offering additional Christmas Masses and requiring signups to ensure a safe environment for the Mass. Vigil Masses will be at 3 p.m., 5 p.m., and 9 p.m. The Christmas Day Masses will be the regular 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and 12 noon schedule. Sign up can be done through the parish website on Monday morning. Flyers around the church can also be scanned with a smartphone to bring you to the sign up website, or you can use the web, the web address directly. If you do not have access to the internet, you can call the parish office during regular business hours this week to sign up. Uh, we've already gotten phone calls from parishioners at other parishes whose masses are already full and inquiring if we have space. So I'd certainly encourage everyone to be able to sign up this week. The Holy Mass, this Holy Mass, is being offered for Glenn LeBlanc. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to prepare the ways of thine only begotten Son. Stir up our hearts, O Lord. The reality is that when we come into the Advent season, we've come from a long stretch of green Sundays, typically. Then we have lots of the, the ordinary period of the church year. We don't have kind of the, the particular um, emphasis of the seasons as we normally would uh, in the, the various other seasons of the year, Advent, Christmas, Lent, Easter. And so it's easy for us to kind of fall into a, a sort of lull. And so this Sunday, Mother Church puts on our lips the prayer to our blessed Lord to stir up our hearts to shake us from our complacency. And even when we're listening to the word of the Lord, even when we're, we're coming to Mass faithfully, it can be an easy thing to, to fall into the, the normalcy of the call of the Scriptures. Occasionally when we hear a sacred Scripture passage read to us, you go, oh, I know that story. That's a good story. And sometimes because we know it, we don't actually allow ourselves to listen to it attentively. And sometimes we can easily dismiss it and not allow it to reach our hearts. It's this that says a scary place for us if the Word of God cannot touch our hearts. And so we come and we hear the Word of the Lord speaking to us and the prayer to stir up our hearts. The Advent season is a time where we continually hear the word prepare, prepare, prepare. Advent means the, the coming too, right? So our Lord is coming to us. Indeed, he came the first time at Christmas, which we'll celebrate in a couple of weeks. But also we recognize that this season is intentionally a time for us to prepare our hearts for the second coming, the second Adventus, the coming of Christ in his glory. And for 2,000 years, we've been crying out, prepare, prepare, prepare. And for 2,000 years, so far as yet, he has not come in his glory. And so the Advent call, even within the life of the church, can sometimes seem like a, a boy who cried wolf scenario. We keep saying prepare, prepare, and yet it hasn't happened. And so even the call of Christ calling us to prepare our hearts, to stir up our hearts, even that sometimes can fizzle out a bit over time. And this is why it doesn't say, Lord, help us to stir up our hearts. It says, Lord, you stir them up. You plant yourself, your seed within us. You are the one to excite our hearts. That's the, the, the Latin, the excita. Excite our hearts. Stir them up. Bring life to them once more, Lord. 
bring life to our hearts. We pray the Lord to stir up our hearts, that indeed we might be made ready to meet the Lord with minds made pure, the collect continues. To meet our Lord with minds made pure. We can think certainly purity in the reality of uh, being free from lust on a basic level, but even more so the purity of having a single focus, an intentional focus. It's this purity that our blessed Lord desires to see in us, and is this that very easily can be taken away, especially in the world today. In our world today with so much media that can bring discouragement and separation within our hearts, because if we look at the culture around us or the political situation, and even in the life of the church, there is, it seems like, bad news day after day after day after day. And very easily it can be a source of division within the body of Christ. To point fingers at another person. To be able to speak disparaging words yet once again. Or even simply to listen to them, just so we can keep up with the news. Huh? And sometimes these things can do great damage to the purity of our minds and hearts. Rather than to allow us to focus wholly on Christ, we can become easily discouraged and even fall into despair at the situation of the world in which we live. And this is particularly important for us to recall and to fight against during the Advent season because this is a season entirely focused on the reality of hope, an invitation for us to have hope, to hope in the Lord. St. Paul writing to the Romans and indeed speaking to us today, he says, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that by steadfastness and by encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. All that was written down is so that we might have hope. First, it's an encouragement and an instruction to us by steadfastness. Again, to have our hearts pure and entirely focused on the Lord. To be steadfast and to be resolved and to be intent, to be intentionally directed, unwavering, pure, focused on Christ. To allow us to receive this, to receive this grace, because it's only by Christ that we're able to do these things. Again, it's easy for us to allow our gaze to be moved off elsewhere, to be discouraged at the times that we live in. Indeed, I think here our Lord, his gospel speaks to us in a particular way today, where sometimes we can wonder, isn't the Lord going to come soon? I mean, look at the situation. He has to come soon, right? I mean, things are not exactly great. The Lord has to be upset about the way things are going. He has, to come, he has to come do something about it, right? And here our Lord, I think, speaks to us also personally. Blessed is he who is not scandalized by me. Blessed is he who does not take offense at me. Sometimes we can be shocked and scandalized by the fact that the Lord hasn't come in his glory yet. <laughs> that he hasn't come back to do something with it all. We would like him to be much like James and John, the sons of thunder, to be able to call down some fire from heaven. And yet, he is patient. He is waiting. Waiting for us to purify our hearts by following after him day after day. 
The sacred scriptures invite us as well to be filled with this hope. And this is what St. Paul tells us, that by faithfulness to the scriptures, by fidelity to the, to the life of prayer, of immersing ourselves in the word of God that speaks even today, we are filled with hope, necessarily. Because the gospels, the scriptures, the entirety of the written word of God is a message of hope. And if we read it, we will be filled with this virtue. Over and again, we can see and take encouragement from the ways in which God has acted in generations before us. How God sometimes plays the long game when people want to play the short one. When God always shows his faithfulness, even in the most dire of situations. When God shows that he is able and frequently does things which seem utterly impossible to us, unthinkable. The lion and the lamb, the wolf, the snakes, the children, all of these things sit together perfectly peacefully. Signs of Christ. It's madness, but it's hope. In every situation, when we read the sacred scriptures, it is a message that God is here and God is working. Sometimes veiled to our eyes, sometimes extravagant in his glory, but always he is working. And this is our hope. That God is not deaf to us. That God is not, is not inattentive to our cries. That we can see his faithfulness for generation to generation to generation and take hope that he is still with us here, that there is hope even here. God raised up a shoot from a stump that seemed to be dead in the eyes of the world. Jesse springs forth in the person of Christ. God can do these things. He who is able even to raise the dead is at work among us, and he is faithful. Also on a practical level, St. Paul writes, again, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. But I would encourage you also to recognize that as we read the sacred Scriptures and necessarily are filled with hope, I would encourage you also to read the things of old. Certainly there are some great books that are written these days. There are some, some, wonderful, uh, some wonderful, you know, good Catholic Catholic renewal in the world today, theologically speaking. But it's especially important for us as Catholics not to forget our roots, to read the fathers, to read the saints of the church, to read the books that the saints brought around with them in their bag. And in these things, we can firmly place our hope. Sometimes the temptation today is easily simply to fall into whatever the next blog, blog article is, whatever the newest release from whatever, whatever bishop or archbishop or cardinal happens to come down the pipeline that we would like to read. And certainly these can be good and encouraging things for us because they speak to our particular situation in the world. But we ought not to do so at the detriment of what is the, the ancient tradition of our faith. To read the classics. Pick up something that's been lost to the eyes of the world and you are sure to find a gem waiting for you to seek refuge in that which is tested by time and has proven itself already. This too, a wonderful source of hope. 
as we come and offer this Holy Mass, an invitation indeed to allow the Lord to stir up our hearts, to excite our hearts, to do something again new within us, that we might be able to indeed meet him with minds made pure, wholly focused on him, filled with hope.